Harry, come on, keep running and give me another 45 seconds of it. That's right. That's what college radio sounds like. Good morning. Today is Wednesday, and this is the Urban Talk Radio 103.5 FM WNHHLP, where you will hear conversation, education, inspiration, and motivation from the American urban perspective. I am your host, Kinsley Osei. And if you are just joining us today on our if you are just joining us today on your home studios, uh, we have a very special guest. Um, we'll be um having them introduce themselves a little bit. Uh, today on Urban Talk Radio, you can join the conversation on Facebook at Bull Mice and Twitter at Bull Mice. You can also stream this show on your smartphone or computer by logging on to newhavenindependent.org. Also on my Facebook page, Kinsley O-S-E-I. Today's guests are very special to the era, to this golden era, the golden era of hip-hop um, as we celebrate this uh, hip-hop 50th anniversary. Today's... Um, show is on uh, college radio programming in the golden era of hip-hop and i do have some very 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 special guests who were very instrumental in new england college radio um if you don't know what college radio really meant um you just got a taste of it in uh, our um, intro music um college radio was responsible for any music that you heard on um, on a commercial station we were the gatekeepers of whether you were going to be heard or not so for all you guys that don't know um whether you caught up in the iheart radio clear channels none of those were relevant until college radio determined who was going to be heard and who was not if you wasn't charted you was not going uh you was not moving forward so with that being said we do have some very special guests we have my um brother dj billy bush um of uh currently on our wzmx 103.7 we have um, Big Reg, who is uh, currently on WZMX as well um, as the co-host of the morning show. Um, um, Big Reg was at um, uh, 19 Gems. Um, Billy Bush was with us at WXCI. We're going to allow everybody to reintroduce themselves. We have my brother, James Lewis, who was with us last week. James was on WTCC, I believe, in Springfield. And um, we have um, the OG ron ice lewis uh who was responsible for my radio career as well as uh, dj billy bush radio career now um i believe everybody on this show right now is also a recipient of uh, a hip-hop expression of black history um um event as um your contribution to hip-hop 
They were awarded for hip hop expression of Black history, a show put together by the city of Bridgeport and um, Connecticut Against Violence. Some of them, um, I still have their citation. Um, Big Reg, I still have your citation. And I uh, believe I'm, I still have uh, James Lewis citation. That's where Ron Ice made it on our cover page of Connecticut Post <laughs> at that event. So, so today we're also going to take the opportunity to really, you know, give Ron Ice uh, Lewis the 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 flowers that he deserves to have um so he can smell them because you know this guy is not really mentioned but for as long as i have blood in my veins i'm going to continue to appreciate the fact that we all had a dream to be on a radio station one day and um you know he gave us that opportunity and that opportunity was without any uh cuffs you know, allowed us to really play what we wanted to play, what the people wanted to hear, what the people didn't even know that they wanted to hear. <laughs> so with that being said, um, we're going to allow everybody to reintroduce um, themselves. Um, DJ Ronice, can you come in and introduce yourself? We lost Big Reg somehow. I hope he comes back in. Oops, on mute, on mute, on mute, on mute, on mute. Uh, what do I have to unmute? I have to unmute. Okay, all right. All right, that command was given to you, so I wasn't going to touch my phone and let you unmute me, but I, I appreciate the strong introduction, mini introduction, definitely appreciate that. Um, as my man Kinsey said before, you know, uh, this is the uh, voice of DJ Ron Ice. Uh, been at this for a good minute. Uh, Sometimes I don't kind of like these kind of interviews because, you know, then everybody will date me and they'll know my age. And I'm trying to keep that a secret <laughs> as long as I keep rocking this uh, eternal youth. You know what I mean? Uh, which, so, yeah, I, you know, I've been doing this for a hot minute. Um, again, I'm not going to put a number out there because I'll. Uh, you know, I still got the young kids coming up to me going like, yo, you're the greatest, man. And I'm like, who, Mike Tyson? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I've been doing this for a hot minute. Um, I appreciate all, all, all the students, I should say, that um, have carried the torch forward and are doing great things, you know, that always put a smile on my face. But, yeah, you know, um, I would say uh, I start this off back in the late 80s. So okay. that, that that is your clue right there uh, in terms of uh, when this was started. But I'll leave that for all the, for all the Q&A. Um, Definitely. But again, Ron Ice, quick introduction. What's up to everybody on the panel? Um, I'm going to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself so I don't take up too much of the time, all right? <laughs> Already, DJ Billy Bush. Yes, DJ Afro. And I see the specs. What's going on? You're wearing glasses, man. Afro. <laughs> so, yeah, DJ Billy Bush currently on WZMX Hot 937. I could be heard each and every weeknight, Monday through Friday, 840 until 10 p.m. with my partner, Kid Fresh. Been doing this, uh, oh, man, very long time off. Uh, I've been, I, I could say I was on WXCI 91.7. We had a show called Club Dub hosted by the legend Ron Ice right there. <laughs> and um, I got my radio start with him at his station um, each and every Sunday. That was heard from 3 to 6 p.m. Cool. And basically we were, uh, like Kingsley said, you know, we were the station that played all the 
the hottest underground, anything you wanted to hear. We were always trying to have everything first, made sure we had exclusives. And it was important to us to make sure we gave you that exclusive music first. And Kingsley knows that, uh, you know, we were always going to the labels, trying to get these uh, records before anybody, you know, shout out everybody used to do the record runs back in the days, you know. Ron Ice, we all know about that, sitting in those lobbies, baking, trying to get those records. I mean, that's what it meant to us. You know, we we were all for the culture, you know, and uh, we still are. I know I am. And like right. I said, you know, I, I'm glad I was a part of that XCI movement for the 12 years I was on there. I was on there from 90, I want to say 91 until 2002. And then I started ZMX November uh, two thousand three and god willing this november i'll be going on 20 years at zmx so looking forward to that Alrighty, um, um james lewis come in wow man let's see currently on wtcc been there for a number of years uh started off at waic in springfield and wscb uh, while at TCC, Al Lindstrom invited me to come down to WESU to do some Sunday stuff for those guys. And, you know, been here at TCC for a long time, over 25 years plus, uh, playing music. And I remember those, those drives to Boston and New York for record runs and all those kind of things. Uh, I, I miss those days of being able to go to the branches and go in the back room and take what I want. <laughs> and uh, I wish those days would come back. Make <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> What's up with Al Lindstrom, man? I know he's a product of um, Connecticut, but we never really see him involved in anything Connecticut. What's up with that? Because yeah, Al was living in, I think, in North Carolina. <laughs> Basically, he Hollywooded. Living in North Carolina. I think he... Um, he comes back to Middletown and tries to do some, you know, every now and again. But I got, I got to hit him, so I'll, I'll hit him up. <laughs> I just, you know, I just, I, I just had to, I just had to say, you know, we, hey, if you're a product of Connecticut, man, you know, you know that the, the 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 city and state that made you, you know, no matter how big you get, man, you know, you should always look in the rearview mirror. The Tasha McKeas, I'm constantly in touch with Tasha McKee. Um, you got Kendra G has made it so big right now. She just moved to LA. Um, you have uh, Clinton Sparks who has just made it so big. I mean, you know, guys, you know, do not forget to look in the rearview mirror, you know, come back, touch some of these kids that would like to live your dream. You know, um, it's not a shot at anybody. It's just that I just wonder, you know, some of these people have made it big and, you know, they just don't let it even be known that they, they, they are proud of the Connecticut. You know? Well, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of cats out there from that have been from New England, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, some some people do it, some people do it quietly, right? You know, but as a whole, is put a lot of cats out. DJ Mars from Springfield, and a lot of a lot of cats have been in different hip hop groups and stuff like that. So the numbers are the numbers are crazy. I mean, the numbers, the numbers, the numbers. 
The numbers are crazy, but we need to hear from them. But anyway, we can squeeze that in there somewhere. That's a conversation um, to be held. So let's finish the, um, it's a very important conversation to be held because we have some heavy hitters that made it out of Connecticut. Whether Connecticut made you, whether it was your beginning, you are still a product of New England, period. Uh, and, you know, it needs to be known. People, kids in New England need to know that it's not true that nobody makes it out of here. You know, um, you may start from here and finish it elsewhere, but you still started from here, and that needs to be heard and known. Um, Big Reg, uh, can you uh, introduce yourself, please? Yo, Big Reg, at nine three seven Bucket Reg Morning Show. What's going on? All right, so um, give us a better introduction of um, you know, who, who you are, how you got, how you got here. Oh, 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 oh. <clears throat> um. Started, I started on uh, a small 5,000-watt station, um, Jams 910 and uh, 89.9 WQTQ in Um When I was at, when I, I kind of did it backwards. I um, was on commercial radio first. Then, well, you know what? No, what people don't know. Is it freezing? Huh? Yeah, we lost your audio for a second. Could you hear me? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, um, James Lewis, you probably know him. Uh, kid named Divine. He was on eighty-nine point three WRTC when uh, hip hop was only uh, played from twelve midnight to six in the morning on, on college radio. And I used to be on there with him uh, from 12 to 6 in the morning. And then I got on Jams 910. And uh, I was I was just there just, you know, hanging out, um, you know, just trying to make a name for myself. And ended up getting the uh, afternoon slide on the station. And then when uh, Hot 937 came, it shut jams down. And then I went to college radio over to 89.9 WQTQ, uh, where I did uh, weekends over there. And then uh, Hot 937. Okay, let me step, let me step, let let me step in. Big Reg, we are having a problem with your audio and it's very bad for radio right now. So <laughs> so let me let me step in so we don't lose um listeners. Um that was Big Reg, uh formerly of um 19 gems. Um and let me introduce myself, um DJ Kinsley. Um I also started radio on WXCI 91.7 Westcon Radio, opportunity given by my brother DJ Ranice. And then I went to WVOF 88.5 FM, which was in our Fairfield University radio, where I went and turned, they had some type of turntable, one of those old technique turntables. <laughs> and I actually brought in, uh, I was able to get them to bring in SL 1200 um, in there. So yes, I was the one that got um, got that station to bring in SL 1200s. Um, 
Now, I know Ron Ice was trying to hide the ages, but look, man, <laughs> you know, put three of us together, myself, Billy Bush, <laughs> DJ Ron Ice, we are on a we are unapologetically old. I'm gonna just put it out there, and we can't we can't help the fact that you know we look young. You know, it's what it is. You know, eat you know eat good, live stress free, live live stress free. You know, drink water, and um, you know, and life is good. I hope my man Billy Bush is not drinking as much soda as he used to be. And, and you, I, I, I stopped drinking soda six years ago. There you go. So, soda tastes funny to me now. So, you know. Run, run like the last time I was in Denver with you at your crib, you was making a promise to stop drinking soda. And I think somehow you came back to it again. I'm on, the I'm on the 12-step plan. I'm stepping back. Oh, down. Lord. <laughs> so um, back to back to radio. I have had opportunity to work with each and every one of you. And, you know, James Lewis and myself, you know, we, we did a lot in common, whether, you know, it was mixtape, whether it was radio, whether it was promotions. Um, so I have interacted with each and every one of you. Um, I recall I used to come to 19 Gems, bring artists down there. Hey, uh, Big Red, did I bring AZ to 19 Gems, or I only brought him to the um, um, to ZMX? No, um, it was uh, Jams 910 with um, I think it was with Shadow. You think it was what? Not with Shadow. I think it was with. I think it was with Shadow. Shadow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, 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 yep. We surely, we surely did. And it's funny because I, I said I, I, I interviewed him that day. Say it again. I, I interviewed him that day. Matter of fact, who was the one that helped us through our tour in uh, our um work, get around in uh, Hartford? Was it you? Yeah. Was you that you would that assisted us? Yep. Yeah, we um yeah we 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 had we had a lot of fun in um Hartford. Big Reg assisted us to um you know get him through the hood and. We took him to the studio to go record and right. <laughs> I think he went he went and did college radio out there. He went to Eastern. Yes. And did uh did the college radio interview there. Yep. We took him to the hood and one of my men's who's um who was affiliated with the, uh, who was uh cousins with one of my street team guys brought him a nice little bag. We're not gonna say what it is. But he brought him a nice. <laughs> he, he brought him a nice. Big shout to AZ, man. You know that was my first gold plaque. Uh, AZ and D'Angelo was my first uh, gold plaque that um that I ever got. Now, okay, let's get back to our uh, DJ Ron Ice. Ron Ice, I know you was trying to you know not tell us you know about how you started, but let's talk about college radio experience as its contrast to commercial radio during those times. Well, the whole concept behind that was to um to uh set the trend and bring up the um actually set the trend and bring up the new yes, the new and up and coming artists. So we were like that filter, you know. We would tell them straight up. It was like, eh. and we we would also um uh, notice the pattern, like you know, this is what's coming up new in the underground, and this is what's gonna um move hip hop, you know, not necessarily in a different. Uh, direction but this is a fresh new flavor that's coming uh, coming along and we're going to help to um you know allow that movement to make its way into mainstream because you know how it is with hip-hop it was always promoted as a as something for young that younger culture and um 
even though we were doing that, at the same time, I was seeing a, pro a potential problem that was going to happen years, years later down the road. That potential problem being that they would retire off the, um, the older generation before, you know, they even get to that point where they're, they're established throughout the world. And that was, that was something that I noticed, didn't like, uh, but the stuff was so huge. It was moving so fast. It was kind of hard to put the brakes on it and go like, you know, wait, 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 we, we do like the new flavors that's coming, but, you know, let this run its course first, circle the globe, you know what I mean? And then you guys come in next. But um, it was a process that, that couldn't be slowed, uh, slowed down, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And so that's why you have the, uh, the older generation is going like, where's our recognition? Because uh, we never taught that younger generation to respect the pioneers that paved the way. And, and that was a problem um, that I saw coming when we were um, doing the college radio scene. Because again, we wanted to set the next trend, but it was coming so fast, you know what I mean? While we were doing that, that they were kind of retiring off the older generation faster than we expected. So that was one of the things that um, I think um, that was a key element in college radio us bringing that new generation in, but it was coming so fast. You know what I mean? There was no way to slow it down. But overall, Bill it still worked out, you know? <laughs> now, Billy Bush, during your transition, I recall when you first got on um, Hot 93, and uh, it could not be an easy transition because here you are, you know, you've seen our intro, which was 456 by Cool G Rap, the tempo of that music at college radio is not the same tempo of music that you could bring to commercial radio where everything is like fast, 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 fast. Mm -hmm. How hard was it for you to transition until you really got into your groove at, um, at, at ZMX 193? Well, to be honest, when I first got there, when I uh, first got on the air November 20th, 2003, I had no idea that there was such thing as a playlist or rotation. <laughs> I had to learn about that. I was right. just, back then we were still using vinyl. So I was going up there bringing crates of records and I'm just going through the crates, you know, I'm just playing whatever I want. And then they, you know, they said, you know, we have a playlist. I'm like, okay, what's a playlist? So I had to, I had to learn that part and had to learn how to play rotation songs and learn how to squeeze in new songs mm -hmm. and come back with a hit. You know, on college radio, there was no such thing. We just, anything mm. goes. We just played whatever we want at any given time. You know, we were just playing exclusive music. Mm. So I had well, no idea there was, <laughs> you know, I had no idea that we had to, you know, sandwich in mm -hmm. a hit record. Hit records in between. Well, you the thing is, I, 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 hey, Billy, I don't mean to interrupt you there, but I'm going to, uh, I'm going to take fault for that because during the normal, you know, yeah, I'm going to take fault for that because during the normal nine to five, we do do all of that rotation, playlists and all that sort of stuff. Um, I should explain that. I should have explained that to you um, as part of your training. Um, the whole idea behind what we were doing is we were more free format. I wanted you to yeah. be you. You know what I mean? Um, I never thought about the, the, the part about you going to that next level in the commercial radio station. And to right. break all of that down for you, um, mm -hmm. so I'm gonna I'm gonna take fault on that as you had to get the crash course. 
no it was just something i had to adjust to that's all and, and I did, it, it didn't take long you know what i mean yeah, but um uh, right it's it's a huge difference coming from college radio going to commercial radio like. definitely <laughs> definitely big reg now big reg your your situation could be a little different because you were more of a you a personality so your yeah. your transition is would not be the same as be, you know Billy Boys. How was your transition? Well, my my transition um it wasn't the same as Billy's, but it was a transition because I came from urban radio into rhythmic radio. Mm-hmm. So we would play songs that wasn't looked at as hits to other to other people you know what i'm saying that songs that we played they wouldn't play on hot or you know they wouldn't consider it as a as a hit but it was in our world so and uh i was on urban radio we were we were minority owned so i worked with all uh I mean, minorities. It was black and Spanish people in there, and it was hip hop. So I thought that's how it was, <laughs> you know. So when I first got hired by '93, and I went into the building, it was a transition because it the people working there didn't look like us, and it was kind of um, like how they have. I mean, it's just the business of commercial radio where you have people who's not always from the culture telling you how to do the culture. Mm -hmm. So it was definitely a transition, you know, and I had, I had to learn, like when we was at Jams 910, it was no playlist. It was no playlist there either. It was, it was a playlist. Like I had a, a big show on my show. I had DJ Corrupt on there, and I give him a record. Be like, "Yo, play this. This joint hot," and we play it. <laughs> it was a commercial radio station, but it it wasn't it wasn't a a a, a, a mega company, you know. But- and I, I always say that um that Hot Nine Three Seven is here because it had to be because the numbers that we were doing on. The small AM station dictated that hip hop was big. Definitely. That it was, you know, and it was like on a 5,000 watt station, we were doing numbers that FM stations were doing. And we knew sooner or later that our job was going to end because looking at the ratings, we like, we beat some people we shouldn't be beating. Mm-hmm. And so, again, when it happened and I went over, Remember, I was at 89.9. That's another uh, urban inner city station. So going to 93 was corporate world. It was super corporate. So I had to adjust to that. Remember, I was a dude from the streets getting into this. You know what I'm saying? I was was like, everything with me happened in like a year and a half. I got on jams 910. Uh, uh, some things happened inside the station and I ended up having my own show getting paid for it. And then it comes around, I become the rep for Def Jam. So all of this, all of this happened in like 
a year and a half. And I knew nothing about none of it. I had to adjust to to, to do I knew I knew I knew nothing about any of that. So it was an adjustment for me, period, getting into getting into radio, getting into promotion, because the promotion I was doing was clubs and events. And now I'm at I'm at Dev Jam, I'm doing record promotions. I'm doing I'm doing event promotions. What the hell is they doing? <laughs> yeah, you should come see me. I so that trend easy. <laughs> so 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 hold up. So um, big shout to my 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 brother DJ Corrupt. They used to say that we we look alike. Mm -hmm. Big shout to my brother DJ Corrupt. He broke a lot of records for me at um nineteen gems. You know, I gotta shout my man DJ Corrupt up. The last time thing me and Corrupt did together, we put a. Uh, at Ray Cross versus Jeezy in the very beginning stage, stage one, we, we put a, a mix CD out together. You know, when Ray Cross and, you know, Jeezy was just on the come up, we put them against each other and we put a nice little mix CD out. Big shout out to Corrupt. Started the beat. Say it again. So y'all started the beat. No, nah, no, nah, we definitely. <laughs> we, <laughs> there, there, there is no, matter of fact, Big Red, you probably remember, I did. I did interview Rick Ross in a little, a little uh, uh, dressing room when he came to Springfield. You remember Rick Ross came to Springfield the first time to do a show? The Hippodrome. The Hippodrome. You remember that? Yep. I remember he was in a room that was very dark, and I got a chance to interview him in a video camera. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, we're gonna be doing um a 50th show on a hip hop 50th show on Street Team as well. So, Big Red, you're gonna be coming back on right along with uh, my man uh, Pete Higgins and um, James Lou. It looked like I'm recycling the same people over and over, but these same <laughs> people that I'm recycling is is not my fault that they were all instrumental on every topic that you know we are putting out and um it's just what it is they were in the forefront of everything that was going on during the golden uh era let me do the station id and i'm gonna get back to um my, my brother james lewis this is the urban talk radio 103.5 fm wnhhlp i am your host kinsley Osei. and if you are just joining us today on urban talk radio you can join the conversation on facebook at bull mice and twitter bull mice also on my Facebook page, Kinsley O-S-E-I. You can also stream this show on your smartphone or computer by logging on to newhavenindependent.org. Um, I would like to give a shout out to some of the uh, WXCI's uh, best. Um, big shout out to Tim Buda. He was a part of the family. Shout out to my man, uh, Rich Gage, DJ Clyde Eastwood, who was also a part of the family. Uh, cool Keith, um, um, Jules Jones. Anybody, um, I think, uh, big shout out to... Uh, Ron Stewart, who is now the VP of uh, Senior VP of Promotions at Warner Music, Warner Records, was also a part of the WXCI family. Um, it was a very big family. Mm -hmm. So Yo, I, remember, I came, y'all probably don't remember. I came out there one time to um to XCI. It was in Danbury, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I came out there one time. Billy was me and uh the kid J.J. Fox. Mm, I remember J.J. Fox. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first time I saw Billy. Wow. That day, yeah. I remember we was working, we was working for Jams 910, but we drove down to Danbury and went there like, 
I was just hanging out with JJ. We went down there and uh, Billy was uh, spinning. I, I, I remember that. And I think uh, Brian Ice was there. It was a few people there. And, and I'm also going to give a big a, a shout out to uh, uh, what you call it, uh, uh, to uh, DJ Big Mike, who just used to sit on the couch. I don't know what he was doing, <laughs> but I... I Big Mike will be coming behind the scene. <laughs> let me tell you, I know. Let me tell you something. I have a picture of Big Mike on the couch. <laughs> and we, we will be doing a show next week on uh mixtapes on um, you know, just old mixtapes uh award special. Because, like I said, it's you know it's very unfortunate that I have not seen any events surrounding DJ Just O who created the mixtape award because the DJs were not getting recognized. And I have not seen any event surrounding or even any shout on Justo at all. So we're going to be doing a special on DJ Justo and we're going to bring in all the, everybody who, you know, who was awarded by Justo and uh, people such as, you know, Billy Bush, who used to put out a mad flavor mixtape that I used to, you know, try to get a hold of, you know, so um, we used to hustle those takes hard back in the day. Man, Bush, yeah. you know, we're the gonna have out there. Bush is is you know, this is my brother. I love Billy Bush unapologetically. Um, you know, we have just so much respect, so much history, um, you know, together. Um, you know, I'm gonna tell my story about how me and Billy will go to the record labels together on a Friday. Oh, um, you know, we used to have that routine. Go to go to go to uh VIP record pool, maybe yeah. go to rock, maybe go to rock and soul, go to B Street, um, uh -huh. and go to uh, 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 White Castle, get those crazy burgers, <laughs> <laughs> crazy burgers, yeah. and then I gotta drive all the way to Danbury for a 12 a.m. show just to <laughs> hit up in the head. Like, I just got this white label. That, listen, that's how much it meant to us, though. We we were yes, so sir. Was so key to us to have those exclusives and bring them to WXCI mm -hmm. first. That that was our thing, man. We did. We mm -hmm. didn't care how we got the music. We just wanted mm -hmm. to make sure that it was heard on the radio every week. And, and, and to and, and to Ron's credit, because mm -hmm. he he didn't put any shackles on us, we knew that when we get to that station and we throw that needle on the record. The five, six, seven, eight, ten seconds. If I'm not nodding my head to it, I don't care what your I don't care what your lyrics are. If I nod my head and my neck is breaking, that record is going on right away. I, you heard it first. That's how that's that's how we broke record at XCI. Oh, because the record was given to us where we didn't right. even hear about it. Mm -hmm. We got it, got in the car, drove straight to the station. <laughs> so the needle came on the record when we were live on the radio. <laughs> and if my head did not break, mm -hmm. that record was on to the next. That's how we broke the records. Mm -hmm. uh, James Lewis, talk, talk, hold up. James, well, talk well, before, before, before James get in here, this is that was one of the things that I was trying to... um get across you know give you guys that that freedom you know that 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 surpriseness you know what i mean the, the the reactions you know what i'm saying i wanted you know i wanted you guys to enjoy that and just like you said i didn't want that shackle on you and as you can see it it it, it left that long lasting memory of you know all the fun that we, we did back then so i I'm, I'm glad you all recognize that and appreciate that so thank you for that those, then, were, those were the good times though where where you hear a record, you like it, and you can play it. Yes. It mm -hmm. wasn't 
no red tape. No it red tape. <laughs> no yellow tapes. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> yellow tapes. Yeah. It's, it's no, like we were getting we were murder. I was a personality. The turntable was over to my left, and I got a record, and it was nice. It wasn't in the computer. I turned the turntable on and played it over the air. It wasn't even time for a DJ to be on. I was probably wasn't supposed to, but if it was a record that I had and I thought it was dope, I would play it over on the turntables. Right. <laughs> then corrupt to get in there, and I'd give it to and tell him how dope it is. And he'd be like, well, why you ain't waiting to let me play it? <laughs> 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 that, that, oh that, my god that's how impatient I was I would play it <laughs> got there and then give it to him and tell him <laughs> you heard it first <laughs> <laughs> James come in yes sir what, what was your experience James <laughs> all, all of those things because I was at Jams 910 too so <laughs> yeah all, all those things happened Ricky uh, gave the mixers a lot of freedom. He'd come back and I just need you to play these three or four or five records once. Anything else, you, you play what you want, which yeah. is unusual yeah. for a commercial station to do that. So, you know, the rest is history after we put that, put those 30,000 in Bushnell Park. Mm -hmm. <laughs> after that, everybody, you know, Hot 93, <laughs> power came. Right. That concert that, that Bushnell Park was legendary. We had it, it used to be called um, um, the Jam Slam. And we had Ja Rule when he first had Vinny Federici out. That's how, that's how I got the gig at Def Jam. Hey, hey, Big Reg. Yeah. Now, yeah. Let, me, let me tell you about that event that you're just talking about. That yeah. Ja Rule event. I was working with uh um what's the name of the group uh, on Columbia Records uh, uh, uh Jagged Edge you remember that Jagged Edge was on that show on that show so I was on I was on stage with Jagged Edge after Jagged Edge performed and everybody was waiting for Jaru so Jaru come on stage me and my street team we were both on we were all on stage when Jaru came on the crowd Bum rushes the stage. James, listen to this story. The crowd bum rushes the stage. Jaru drops a Star Trek, his Star Trek phone, because you know Jaru's always wearing sweatpants. <laughs> he drops his Star Trek phone. I picks it up. I didn't know that was his. I picks it up, right? Later on, I'm going through the phone and I realize the phone belongs to Jaru. He's got Buster number, DD number, Russell <laughs> Simmons number. And I'm like, oh, my God, this dude dropped a jewel. So what did I do? His grandmom's number His grandmom's number was on it. So I called a grandma in the morning. I said, can I speak to Jaru? Uh, ja he was like, Ru is asleep. Can you give him a call back in a couple of hours? I said, cool. I called him back in a couple of hours. He picks up. I'm like, yo, son, it looked like I got your phone that you dropped at the joint. He was like, yo, good looking. What do you want for it? What do you want for it? I said, I don't want nothing for it. I believe that you're going to blow up. You're going to be big. And when you do, just remember that as a favor. He gave me his address. 
And as you remember, the Star Tech phone used to have the extra mm -hmm. joint on the back for yep, the for, the for the for the it wasn't only for the battery; it was like an extra memory for 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 num uh for 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 right. numbers, <laughs> right? So he had that on the back of it, and I mailed it to him, and you know, got nothing back for it. And uh, the next time I ran into Jaru, I was with Fifty Cent. We were going into um we were walking into KBL at a music convention, yep. and we walked past each other. As we were going in with 50, he was coming out and they didn't say nothing to each other. And I I, I give him a depth. I was like, yeah, I'm Kingsley. I'm the one that sent you your phone, blah, blah, blah. And then boom, you know, kept him moving um, after that. And then when we came back home, that's when him and 50, 50 got stabbed and all that. And I'm like, damn, these dudes just seen each other, and, you know, and nothing happened. And then they come back home and act up. But anyway, that, that, that was the story behind that. Um, <laughs> That's what you talked about. I just, I... Yeah, that, 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 that concert was crazy. Jaru got on a speaker and and was going crazy. And they stopped missing everybody because security it, couldn't it, handle it. it. Up to the... You remember Big they Red? Couldn't. They couldn't handle it. Was... it. They stopped missing everybody. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Man, but they started throwing bottles and everything. King. It got crazy. <laughs> it did get crazy. It did get crazy. That was the start <laughs> in the making. They said it was about thirty thousand people in the park. It was deep. It was. It was. It was. It was deep. It was deep. That's 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 when I um found out about you too when I uh was at Def Jam because I had the Def Jam account. You had all the rest of them. Yeah, <laughs> Def Jam account was the only account I never had. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> that one account I never all had. The rest of them. I had everything else. Me and James put together <laughs> all the accounts. I think it is working. This brother working. <laughs> but those were those those was the days. And now you know you don't even see you don't even see promo teams like that no more. And I think nah. I think that it's some artists who needs that. Like, oh yes, yes, some still do. There's some, some artists. That ground campaign like that. That, that grassroots is still needed, man. There's certain things just will not go away. Some still do. You don't have the big. You don't have the money for the big machine. You still do need that hand to hand. Um, That's who to do it. The um the the indie artists they need to get the ground the ground campaign going the grassroots joint because, like you said, marketing is the is the is the biggest obstacle when you when you when you're an artist. The marketing dollars is the biggest obstacle. So, I mean, you get down and touch the people, get the grassroots campaign going and build your fan base. I think that'll do do better for you. You know, keep keep doing the social media thing. You don't take away nothing, but add, add that ground campaign. And now, I think that'll work out. We got about maybe uh uh maybe eight more minutes or they age minutes. Let's talk on the political side because it wasn't all sweet as we wanted. It it's not like we wasn't professional with it at the same time because to Billy Bush credit, we were on the radio before there were clean edits from every record that came out. Oh, At yeah, some point, nice. you know, for us to break that record aggressively we had to know where the curse words was mm -hmm. so we can edit it our own and, and we billy was billy was the master of it billy was the master of it 
hitting that phono line button over here. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we wasn't using five second five second. We wasn't hey, using hey, five hey, second delays. Right. We were right. doing self edits real right. time. But 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 the, the, the only thing is the dump button. No, yeah, <laughs> but right. But Billy was the inventor of that delay because he would he's listening to the record ahead. <laughs> yeah. On side, right, right, right. Right. the other side. Yes, line. yes. And I'm yeah. watching yes. this going like, this is interesting. That took a lot of concentration to do that. Oh, oh yes, man. it does. Yes, it I, does. I, I, I got the other I, record playing. That, mm -hmm. that 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 was a lot to deal yeah, with at the time. Yeah, I, I try. I try not to talk to you when you were doing that. <laughs> no, you can't. I <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Okay. You you can't. Billy was a special type of guy, man. He was, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk oh, about Bill. I'm gonna talk about Billy on another show. I brought Frederick Star to I brought Frederick Star to Diamond James, and you know Diamond James had this little closet for the DJ booth, <laughs> and 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 Frederick Star <laughs> it was tight. So it was a table right in front of the DJ booth, and Frederick Star was standing on this table. Performing, throw your guns in the air. Tempo, <laughs> freaking broke, and that dude kept performing. <laughs> no. days, man. Um, oh, very good old days. So oh, let's oh, talk. Oh. Let's talk about charting. So we still had to report to trades such as Gavin, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now let's talk about the importance of reporting because. Um, like, uh, uh, like, uh, what's his name said, uh, Big Red said about, you know, uh, numbers, the numbers just wasn't based on listeners alone. The numbers was also based on the reporting, you know, radio station just didn't come to our market because there was a bunch of listeners. They came to our market because they also seen the reports that we were reporting breaking music in here, along with the records, mom and pop record stores that was going along with it. So it was only right there was a station. So let's talk about the reporting part of it. Ron, you was a reporter for for all, for everything that we played. Uh that, that was that was kind of uh interesting because I remember one time um, you know, I would get labels that actually reach out to me and, and ask me, you know, what do you think the next single would be? And I'm sitting there going, like, really? And it was like <laughs> it was like you always hit it on the money. And I was like, all right. And you know, I thought that was pretty cool because you know. Right in that moment, I saw uh, I saw the importance and the feedback that I was providing to them. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the thing is, you know, I just don't throw any ADO record up on the chart, man, because, you know, I, I was true to the cause when I told them, you know, your record is doing, you know, um, you know, doing great. You know, it, it's actually played because, you know, I know some people just to, um, yeah, just, just to report something, just throw stuff together. No, not, not, my stuff was on point, man. It's like the feedback you were getting was definitely mm -hmm. legit on how that artist was doing. And, you know, because, again, you know, we even have, you know, we, we engage with the, with the listening audience, too. So, you know, we get their feedback as well. Um, so that was, that was that was a big thing. Dude, you had all star players like myself and Billy Bush, man. You know you couldn't go wrong, man. Stop it, man. Uh, <laughs> and then Tim Buddha came, Tim Buddha came along later on. And you have my man, uh, Clyde yeah. Eastwood. Clyde Eastwood. Yeah. I mean, come on, you yeah. know what it was, man. You couldn't man, go wrong. Man. Oh, man. Let me let couldn't me bring 
Let me bring James Lewis in. We are we are pressed with time, so let me bring James Lewis in on the reporting side. James, talk to us about reporting. Well, you know, we all know how important uh, reporting was for Gavin Hits, Urban Network, CMJ, mm -hmm. uh, Jack the Rapper. Yep. All, yep. All, all of them, if you if you could, they had national exposure to the uh, the labels. That's how a lot, a lot of, a lot of cats got their gigs to be interns at labels to, to move forward and make that connection. I mean, because of the charts you got, you know, Marlo Martin. Shout to Marlo. That was a relativity, re relativity records back then. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's and it's funny. It's funny. It's funny you mentioned some names of some people who were true to the core of the culture because I don't know what it is now. Everybody's playing some type of nonsense political game. Yeah. Let me give a big shout out and RIP to our brother Garnett Gage. You know, yeah. Billy, yeah. Billy and I know passionately how this guy, we love this guy. I'm not, mm. I wouldn't even speak for myself. I'll even speak for Billy because I know the type of relationship we have with this special type. Of, there, there are some people that were just so special, like just oh, like, you know, mm. uh, Garnett Gage, uh, my, my brother, OJ Wellow, um, um, you know, yeah, whether shadow some people were just so special and this dude garnett a payday who was responsible billy and myself we broke in my lifetime jay-z for him like jay-z's first record was through payday before it made its way through everywhere else you yeah. know um and, and garnett will make sure that you got their pass for that album release party because you broke his record you, you know he wasn't playing that politics because you was at this station this big and you was at this station this little. No. If he gave you that white label and you played his record, he remembered you to give you that next white label. And, and, and for all the listeners, if you don't understand that white label conversation, there is a 30 or 60 records text pressing of records that needs to go out to the whole country. And imagine walking into that record label and he had just got that 30. Text press, and you happen to get one yep. out of that 30 that's supposed to go out throughout the whole country. So mm -hmm. you had a DJ Callis who was at a pirate station in uh, Miami. Like these people had an entitlement of maybe getting one, and somehow you probably got it and stopped them from not getting it because you hustled your way to go into that label, and these people kept it real with you to give you mm -hmm. one. It's a whole different type of, you know. It's a beautiful thing, man. <laughs> Big Rex, come in. Um, I, I need you to come in. We got a couple of more minutes. You know, I mean, that's that was that was hip hop. That that was before, mm -hmm. you know, it got so so outrageous with the money. That was the core of it. White labels was what it was. You know, people people would press up, press up their own stuff. People press up their own joints, and and I mean, you can you can just you could get them. It, it wasn't it, it wasn't no politics in it. It wasn't no politics with those. It was like, let me know whether you like it or not, and we know and we know it's hot, and you better appreciate the fact that you got this thing and you are responsible for whether it's gonna hit or not. That's right. Well, the the, the white vinyl stuff and those exclusives that was. The, the, the form of payola 
to get you to play the record because those exclusives cost money yeah. before the, yeah. the other presents come out. Right. You know, was, so when cats yeah. come up to me like, yo, I'm gonna give you five bucks for that record. Like, nah, dude, I, I, I know this is worth more than that. They only made 500 of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> My son will be able to eat off of this. Right. <laughs> Later on. I got, oh shoot. I got a storage unit of them if you want to buy records. You know what I'm saying? That was when finding the, the, the new hot music was a thing. It's like, who got the new hot music? You know, it's like mm -hmm. you don't really, you don't really get that, get get that energy no more right now. Nope. It's, it, it wasn't the label telling you this is what we pushing is a new record. That that just went strictly off of your ear mm -hmm. and how you felt about a, a record back then. And it actually, it, it actually would tell you what record is hot. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because it, it wasn't no, it wasn't a, 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 a yeah, we need hi. this. We're going for ads on this. We're doing that. Nah, this was, yo, I like that. I want to hear it. And it was new. The, everybody wanted the new, mm -hmm. the, the, wanted the new fire. Mm -hmm. You know, but, now you, you really don't, you really don't get that energy no more. Oh, okay. So hold up. We have 15 more minutes live on FB. We're going to sign off on the radio and then we're going to stay on our FB for 50 more live um, to finish this. I mean, you know, we can go on for days because there's just so much history to share. Um, yes, sir. This is the Urban oh. Talk Radio. Hold up. This is the Urban Talk Radio 103.5 FM WNHHLP. I am your host, Kinsley Osei. And if you are just joining us on this last part of our show, you can follow the conversation on Facebook at Bowmice and Twitter oh. at Bowmice. Also, on my Facebook page, Kinsley O-S-E-I. You can also stream this show on your previous shows on, on your smartphone or computer by logging on to newhavenindependent.org. We are also streaming live on every platform. Thank you for joining us. Remember, Urban Talk Radio airs every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Uh, for anybody that has to go, uh, thank you for joining us. Now, but we are we will continue on Facebook Live for another 15 minutes. All right. Um, uh, all right, I, I got to drop out, but uh, James, I see you got my memo for the hat, so big up to you. Address it. No like problem, me. man. I appreciate, Always. I appreciate, I appreciate that. DJ, because I got to do a corporate thing. DJ Ranice, uh, we definitely, um, we definitely appreciate you for giving us this uh that opportunity. Uh, we can never forget you. We don't, you know. For us, you will always be dear in our heart. And you are one of the few that always pick up your phone. Billy will co-sign to it. <laughs> if there is anybody that will pick up their phone in his sleep for you, it will be DJ Ron Ice. <laughs> all right? Yes, sir. I appreciate this, man. And it's good talking to you fellas, all right? All right. All already. I'm out. All right. So, yeah, big red. Uh, finish uh, what you were saying. Continue what you were saying. I mean, I don't even remember. We, we were going through so much. I, I don't lost the train of thought. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we were talking about, you know, um, uh, uh, charting and whatnot. Um, but let me say one thing. I recall you guys came in the game along with Hot 93 came in right along with Power 105. No, Power 104. Power, Power 104 with uh, Starbuck Star Wild. Let me okay. just keep Let me just keep it real. My street team at Hot 93 double team 
to run power 104 out of Connecticut. <laughs> Let <Sure>. me just <laughs> and the and, and the word when Buck was on the show last week, we, we talked about this, and I, I give Buck his credit for you know, as a DJ coming in, he knew exactly how to program to a market like Connecticut, where you just can't come in on some old clear channel and trying to give us a one size fit all. We are about them up deep. We are about their 50. You got to know how to program to program to us. And with Buck's experience on retail and being a DJ, he knew exactly how to program. So him I used being to bring... a DJ was a well, him being a DJ is a plus. It's because, a big plus. Like like I like I said before, uh -huh. you go to some company, you have people who are culture <laughs> telling you how to telling you how to run the coach, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and there's a whole bunch of, uh, you know, uh, research, Daddy, all this. Buck has the actual ear and the feel of the culture to be right. able to perform. So, you know, when he when he came into the market, he seen that uh, reggae music was big here. Right. He, he, he implemented reggae. He seen that it was a heavy Latin market. He put Latin music in. Right, you know, and, and he he programmed um, from from his DJ background, right, which which I think made it made it better because you actually got a better variety of music. Now he had to play those other songs too. I mean, at the end of the yeah, day, yeah, definitely, business. yeah, yeah, it's business. But he but he he did a good job of mixing in the other stuff. At some stations that you won't hear any of those songs, like. Honestly, you you hear people used to say, uh, the radio play 18 jams in a row, all that. You go to some stations, they'll give you 10 songs and those in the rotation. And some of them you'll hear two, three times in an hour. Because that's what researched well. And not even differentiating mix show from daytime programming. Just having now, you mix show, you'll you'll be in the mix show mixing the Pro, the daytime program music. <laughs> so it's like you're listening to the program music with a scratch. So, right. You know, That's you got you got you got people who playlist is is smaller. Like they say 18 jams in a row. Ours, I've no stations that got 10 jams in a row. Like you'll hear the same song literally three times in an hour, even on a mix show. For me, it was a loyalty thing. Big shout to uh, Steve Sonhaney. Steve Sonhaney is a very, very, very good guy. For me, it was a loyalty thing. You know, before Power 104 came in, um, you know, I was enabled to be able to get records played at uh, ZMX. So um, Power 104 come in and it's still business. I still got to get records played on both sides. But the, yeah. problem, the problem was Power 104 had too much shackles on the DJs and I couldn't get records played over there. So when the competition was on, I was like, F that. You know, um, let me help Jason Ricketts out to blast the market, hit the streets, and run them out. <laughs> and, and, and we did exactly that. Uh, bringing in High 93 to join my Puerto parade, Flow with Lumi D, um, you know, doing it so hard at that parade. I think it was over after that. When people seen the high ninety three shine through that parade, I think it was over. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what though, I I, I would say this. I was I was happy that Power One Hundred Four was here because it made you guys go. 
Yeah, and may, it may it make you go. It make you guys not take it take it for granted. So now I'm I'm gonna tell you something else. I'm gonna tell you. I don't even know if Billy knows this. So we knew that Power 104 was coming. We was told that before they even before they even got here. So we was like, okay, who are the hot DJs in the market? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's mm, when yeah. Billy, and y'all recruited, yeah, recruited them from yeah. there. Got and at that time, at that time, um, before I got hired at uh ZMX, power was trying to holler at me too. So I had to make a decision. Okay, do I want to go to power or do I want to go to hot? So I had to do my research and say, you know what? It's a tough one because I was up for grabs at that time. You know what I mean? And both stations wanted me, which was, you know, that that's kind of unheard of for, a, you know, a, a DJ yeah. being in demand that much that both stations wanted you at the same time. So thank God I made the right choice. I went to ZMX, <laughs> still here. Because, you know, power's in the dust, you know. They were yeah. great at the time. And like Reg said, you know, competition is great. It keeps you on your feet, you know. You can't get too comfortable with what you do. You know, it's, competition is always good. Because now you got to stay sharp. When when Power was there, you know, I made sure that every break I did, I said something. I made sure it was tight, uh, you know, to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I knew it was somebody there watching. But right, I remember, right, right. I remember being in the conference room. It was me, Craig, Buck. Um, me, Craig, Buck, KG, it was like the ones who worked there. We was there, and the, and we was like, okay, this station coming. We need to grab up the hottest DJs and bring them in. Who's the hot DJs? And Rex and Billy names was the first two. DJ Rex and Billy Bush. And it's like, okay, well, we need to reach out to them and get them. And this was this was um. I had only been there for a few months. Like, I had started in August. And I think Billy came that winter. I came in November. In November. I had just started in August. Yeah, okay. And in December, December, I remember it was New Year's Eve. Me and um, Chauncey, we just left Pepsi. We was on the phone. Chauncey had just got to Pepsi too, not too long after that. And we were brainstorming and we hit Billy up. I think that we hit Billy up either the night or the following morning. Billy, you remember me and Chauncey hit you trying to manage you because you had just got on 193. Yeah, I remember. I remember. <laughs> okay. Shout out to Chauncey, man. Had me doing those uh, Pepsi parties in Miami. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. We had, we had some big dreams for you, man. Just, you know, didn't go that way, but. Uh, we 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 were dreaming ahead for you, James. Talk to us, man. You know, was was you know, yo, James was James was was like the biggest tastemaker. <laughs> we didn't even address that, right? There's oh, a yeah, reason right? we didn't even address that at all. James is responsible for a lot of stuff. That's why I said that biasly. I keep having the same people on the show about this hip hop fiftieth stuff. Because those same people were instrumental on every freaking oh, every topic. Time. Yeah. James was James was big with the tastemakers, man. James, he had it, he had it going. He had it moving. I remember because I was when I got in the radio, I really didn't know what I was doing. And then so I, I was on the job training the, the, the whole time. Like <laughs> I was on the job training. I swear to you, when I tell you. But but I had but I had passion though. I had passion. definitely definitely. But I didn't know what what the hell I was doing. 
I ain't going to hold you. I knew nothing about nothing. And the kid, J.J. Fox, who uh, was the uh, assistant program director at Jams 910, he put me on to some stuff, you know, but I was still one foot in the street, one foot out, too. So <laughs> it was it, it was like, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and talk my, talk my talk on the radio. And then when I left the radio, I was doing something else. So it was it was it was kind of kind of strange because I wasn't hanging around like I, I I was on like Harford time like artists would come up and I'd be like man I ain't sweating these dudes man get out of here I would always like artists would come <laughs> I would never speak to them like um, I was on 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 that Harford and then something clicked and said hold up Reg you gotta network with these people you gotta you gotta you gotta talk to them. And the first person that I really kicked it with was Frederick Starr. When I brought Frederick Starr there? When he came, he came to the station, when he had his um Firestar um Fire, Firestar with the uh Koch, Koch Entertainment. He did he did the Firestar project. Yeah. And we got we got we got cool. I brought him to this club in Southern Ten and he performed. And we I mean, we just we just got mad cool. We we used to uh we we used to run we used to run crazy man we used to do a lot of crazy stuff. <laughs> that th that thing about that thing about Fredro Star from f the era that you're talking about. Fredro Star has never changed. Billy will attest to it. Uh, Fredro Star was one of I was like one of his favorite. Um, as a DJ, like I said, these people did not depend on record labels to break their records. They depended directly on DJs. So Billy would tell you, Fred Rooster would see me, and every time they see me, they wanted to give me a drop because they knew we used their drop to break their, break their music. That's a whole <laughs> other conversation. That's a whole other conversation, man. <laughs> me and Kingsley, especially Kingsley. I'm going to tell you, Kingsley, he was infamous for getting those drops from the artists. He would run up on them any place, any time. He didn't care, yo. Had it was like a, it was like a stick up. It was I like a stick up for drops. Yeah, <laughs> it was like a stick up for drops. I remember it was we was at Vendome, and um, Onyx was there. It was I think it was a day party, and we was in the outside part of it, and I had everybody surrounded, and I had my tape recorder. And Onyx was actually doing a freestyle for me on my tape recorder. Billy, you remember that? I used to use that on my mixtape. They were doing, they were actually freestyling, no beat on my mixtape, on my tape recorder until the race started coming down. And I'm gonna tell he you, I, how bad, he didn't care how bad the quality of the sound was. He no, it didn't sure matter. It, anyway. <laughs> it, it it did not matter. I'm gonna tell you another drop moment, Billy. You and I and OJ and a few others, we were all going to Mariah Carey album release party at, at the pier in New York. Oh, one yeah. Of the, one of the, on the boat, right? You remember that? And as we, as we were going in, we seen Old Dirty going in in the parking lot. You remember that? And I stopped oh, and I stopped him and Old Dirty was giving me a drop in the middle of the street until it started raining. You remember that? Listen, Dirty, I, I, every other word that came out of his mouth was was, was bad. Was, was bad. <laughs> it was bad. He didn't care. He cursed through the whole drop, man. Like, oh, those were the days. And man, let me man. tell you, some of the best drops you're gonna get from an artist that uh, that drop turns into a mix uh, into a freestyle. You're gonna get one from Red Man. You're gonna get a dirty drop. You're gonna get a ghost face drop. Those drops turns into a freestyle because they're gonna be talking. 
It's going to be like two minutes of a drop. <laughs> they just play it back the way it is. No editing, nothing. No editing. No editing. And, the, and, and they were so professional with the drop that they knew to plug in. Or even if they didn't, you know, I was so masterful of the drop that I reminded them to plug in their single. I reminded them to plug in their album. If there was a release date, I reminded them to plug it in. So, you know, the labels actually respected the fact that they didn't have to get this draft for us. We went on a grind, did it. We are helping them with the promotions for them. So when they had that 30 vinyls or 60 vinyls or whatever, they remember what we are doing in contribution to. So when I look at that big, bigger picture right now about a lot of people who were only on the promo side that are big time executives that can't even remember our contribution to how they even got that far is pretty sad. James, you feel me? James knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. James, you are muted. James, you are muted. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, there was, there was a lot of cats that, that, that have forgotten because now it's gotten big. I mean, I know I got into arguments with at a, at a PGD office with a cat that was representing Motown at the time. It's like, yo, man, how you not gonna do this? But you only you only gonna look at these Boston cats. But mm -hmm. New England is bigger than that. Definitely. You know, so but, you know, so it's like, oh, yo, you gotta look out for everybody because you never know what these other cats are gonna be. You know, and sure enough, he's like, yeah, man. I, you know, later on he had to apologize because I'm like, oh, you don't know who's gonna be. You mm -hmm. know, we don't know what the destination of these cats gonna be. You know, cats end up being VPs or cats end up being owners of, of stuff. And now you're like, yeah, now you got to come back to those cats that you burned their bridge with because you were a regional, but you didn't want to work with the street team. And it's like, you have to work with us, you know, or, or don't with the, the retail reps and the street team because we got different promotional stuff going on and our goals are different, you know. But, you know, but all in all, man, those are fun times. I wish I wish they would come back to the degree. And maybe some of these independent artists will wake up to that fact, you know, and not just rely on buying the bots for uh, social media, but realize mm -hmm. that you still got to have some real people. Now, this came up on a Monday night call. Oh, you know, yeah, I got 50,000 followers. Yeah, but do they follow you when you do a show? <laughs> right. So anybody can push a button and say, I follow you or I subscribe mm -hmm. to your channel. But when you come to town, do they show up? Yeah. Do they pay to come? And that's, that's what. That's what we. That's what we need is the real people, you know. That when you, cause we had this debate at the, the Indie Soul Festival. Artists came. She didn't bring no music to sell. I like. Look, you got a thousand or so people here. These people will. You, you could have a thousand sales in your pocket right now, cash in your hand, cash app and all that. But you didn't bring no merchandise. Mm. How do you come to a festival and don't bring no, any merch? No, no merch. That's free money. You know? <laughs> You know, you got a dope crowd sitting there smoking, drinking, got cigars. They got money to spend. They they relax. They're enjoying the music. A t-shirt that could cost you a t-shirt that could cost you six, seven dollars to make that you could flip for like twenty-five bucks to thirty bucks. Right. Yeah. There was one artist that brought merch, and she was from Brooklyn. She had they had a t-shirt, ten-dollar t-shirt, and the other dude, uh, the hip hop rapper. Uh, B3, he had made up some uh, oils, and they had like a candle. They sold out. Mm. 
30 minutes. Sold out of everything. They're like, you know, you travel three three hours and you don't bring nothing? <laughs> you know, so, so, a, to pass out. so let's swing it back to, you know, people that we feel, you know, have become big, big, big time executives who started from the bottom and not looking back in the mirror. Let's talk about, um, you know, we were one of the first people to be playing music from, from Canada, Toronto. You know, I was very connected with those Toronto boys. Saul, Saul Guy and Mr. Morgan, those were my brothers. You, you remember the James, my friend, you know, you did some- Oh, yeah, you know, no, I remember, because they also came down to Amherst. Exactly, exactly. Um, Billy remembers that as well, you know, uh, whether it was the Rascals, um, you know, figure four entertainment, which was uh, Saul Guy and uh, Mr. Morgan, the Rascals, Cardinal, Official, Socrates, those were all my guys. My first saw guy was living in five uh, State Street, the same building that uh, Jay Z was living in. I used to go down there to go see him. We used to call it Ghetto Heaven because when you go inside, the outside is hood, but when you go inside, the inside look nothing like the outside. So we used to we used to call it uh, Ghetto Ghetto Heaven. And matter of fact, Mr. Morgan is now the president of OVO. For you know, for all you guys that don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> Billy, Mr. Morgan is real big out there, like super, wow. yeah, super big red. You know, Mr. Morgan, yeah, I do. Yeah, you you know, you, you go to his page, you know, check him out. He's making it, um, you know, he's doing it real big. So, I recall my Kaiser. Billy, 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 <laughs> Billy's laughing because Billy's laughing because my Kaiser, we're talking about breaking records. I used to send him my own charts. So I used to work at a place called Mecca Software. And I, when I go to work, that is where I was, you know, making copies of my mixtapes. And, um, I, you know, they will allow me to leave work early on Friday to go do my record hunt. I will go there and I will actually use the fax machine to send out my own playlist to everybody that so you gave me a record last week this week you were getting a playlist from me whether it was on a mixtape or whether it was played on the radio so my Kaiser kept seeing my playlist playing all his records whether it was on whether it was onyx ju felony montel jordan i mean we were playing all their records, the garbage ones and the good ones, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I would just play politics, you know. I would just play politics. So what? And then I'll call them, and I was doing all this just to get on the record list, on the labels list, because we were still down with record pool. That was good and everything. But the objective, the sole objective, was to get on the record label list. And that number one list you wanted to get on in the world was Def Jam. <laughs> that's that number one list you wanted to get off and one day i i called him and he was like he told uh you remember eddie rivera no no yeah. was it Ed, eddie rivera eddie rivera yeah. was eddie rivera was his intern and he said you know come down and um you know let eddie rivera take care of you i went down there my fact i think the day that we were i'm not sure if it was the same time oh he told eddie rivera to put me in the list so boom i get on the list one time, me and Billy, I think we was at the soul food spot. Well, we had the soul food spot when we met Mary or, uh, oh, we met Foxy Brown. Yeah. 
We met Foxy Brown at um, what's the name of the soul food spot in New York? What was the name? Sylvia. Huh? Sylvia's. We was at Sylvia's. <laughs> we was at Sylvia's, and uh, we see Foxy Brown, and we were talking, and she got all excited because I think they were putting out the soundtrack "Touch Me, Tease Me," right? And uh, she was talking to us and she was very excited because we were telling us we were DJs. And we said, you know, we were going to the label the following day. He was like, yeah, come to the label, you know, ask for this, ask for that, ask for this. So as we were going to the label, we see her again on the elevator as we were going to the label. So she, yeah. did, a, she did a reintroduction to us, to Makaiza, to let us know, you know, and her knowing that we already knew them. And matter of fact, that was the genesis of meeting and Billy, I think you should have been dating Mary J. Blige too. That's a whole different story behind that. <laughs> <laughs> if we got to throw it all out there, <laughs> if, we, if we got to throw it all out there, we have our own drink champs, not drink champs. <laughs> oh my God. This, this handsome boy, Billy. Billy should have been dating Mary. And it was one time, I think we went to some type of party and we was in the street and uh, uh, Little Kim had her beehive chicks and they and Little C's and they had like some type of, uh, S, they had some type of SUV truck in the middle of the road. <laughs> Man. So, I mean, talking about, uh, what's his name? Uh, talking about Sam Crespo. My first label that I got on was Sam Crespo. Sam Crespo called Buddha looking for me. He was like, yo, who's this kid? DJ Kingsley. I keep getting his playlist. He's playing all our stuff. And he called Buddha because Buddha was uh, the, uh, what do you call it, of uh, VIP Records. He was a promo director. Yeah. And, Sam, and Sam Crespo, Sam Crespo is now at uh, Warner Music, right along with the, um, uh, uh, he's there with Chris Adler's and uh, what's his name? Warner Records with Chris Adler's and uh, Ron Stu and all of them. They got an all-star team over there. And Sam Crespo was the first one to pull me on the list. And when I got that first record in the mail, James, let me tell you something. I cut the I cut the, uh, the address label <laughs> and put it away because it was the first record that ever came in the mail from Tommy Boy Records. And I'm like, I'm like, huh, the first mission accomplished. Here we go. <laughs> Being on those, being on those uh, record label lists, man, everything to us as DJs, man. I, I, I remember when I used to get the records in the mail. I would take the sticker off, whether it was Atlantic Records, Relativity, right, Hodge, whatever, Def Jam, and I save would it. Stick it right on the, right on the, uh, the, the record, right there. You know, I mean, was the beginning of you knowing that you are now a professional DJ. Look at Ron Ice coming back I'm, in. I'm, I'm, I'm working, but I'm still listening. But uh, that, that's funny that we all do the same thing. You know <laughs> I, You know what's funny? I've got a box, a box with still all those addresses, addresses wow. and business cards. Wow. We got to get we got to get together one day and come play your samples. You know what I'm saying? Wow. I got a box with all that stuff in there, man. <laughs> you a hoarder. Hey, run, run nice before you leave. Uh, you got me on tape? Oh, man, that's not good. It says The Real, The Real Show. Right, right. The Real, The Real Show, April 2nd, 1996. Right, we did that one at night. Remember, yep. Club Dub was earlier in the day, and The Real, The Real was at night. Because I, I, I started that show for you. Uh, just for you. <laughs> 
Because I didn't, I didn't need, I didn't need beef between you and Billy. No, nah, it was, it was, it was, it was, it, 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 it was, it was never that. You know, the beauty yeah. of me, the beauty of me and Billy mm-hmm. is, you know, we brought in two different styles and just has, right. so, and just has so much respect for each other. It didn't, it didn't matter. We were, we just mm-hmm. had similarity mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. a music taste. Right. That was right. That was, Correct. That was for sure. I, yeah, know. but understand, understand that, uh, we know. Club Dub was in the middle of the day, so we couldn't get yeah. real hard. Yeah, and that's where the night show came in, where you were able to go hard. You know, yeah. we got some cool pictures out of that yeah. too. <laughs> but Billy brought his hard, hard, hard on his <laughs> mad flavor tapes, though. He knew, he, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he knew when to bring it. You know, <laughs> and uh, I'm not a, I'm not a tentabilist. I'm not a tentabilist, so I knew when to play. You know with what my capabilities are right and right. billy billy knew what his capabilities mm-hmm. were so there was never yeah. a, a, never never ever we yeah. just had so it, much it, 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 was, it was crazy because you don't understand doing your show late at night we were getting away with murder we were drinking we <laughs> right and you, and, you, and you know what before, before we sign off ron I, I i made a post the other day that People need to remember be- before there was a DJ K Slade drama hour. Right. There was a WXCI mm-hmm. drama hour. Mm-hmm. We, yes, sir. We were <laughs> the ones getting the calls from the jails. We mm-hmm. were the ones yes, getting yes, the letters. Yes, we yes. we were the ones getting people get through their bids. Let's, right, right. Let's keep it all the way yeah. 100. That's all I say. Don't forget that. I'm telling you, man. We <laughs> left our we left our mark. We left our mark. <laughs> I got to go back and work for the man, but I'm listening. All right, man. <laughs> Billy, go ahead, finish it, and then uh, Billy, sign us off, and then uh, 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 um, um, James, you sign us off, and then you know, let's sign off. Billy, yeah, what do you so what do you have to say to wrap up? Uh, just just thanks for having me on the platform, Kingsley. Greatly appreciate it. You know, you and I go way back. Our history is deep. You know, we still here doing what we got to do for the culture, man, and uh. You know, we here. We always going to be doing what we love to do. And it's hip hop. We part is 50 years of hip hop. It's a great thing. And um, each and every weeknight, make sure you check me out on Hot 93.7, 840 to 10 o'clock. I'm on with Kid Fresh. I also do the Sunday School Show um, where we play old school music from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. So just, you know, keep it locked to Hot 93.7. And like I said, this November will make 20 years of me being on the air at Hot 937. Are you doing anything? Any, any, any you doing anything big? I'm planning an anniversary party at Van Dome on okay. November 18th. Uh, myself and Funk Flex gonna be on the set. Nice. So uh, you'll see the advertisement for that coming soon. Nice. Looking forward to that, James. Yo, hold on, Billy. Hey, before you get off, uh, Billy, tell Flex my rate went up. If he still want to use my controller. <laughs> <laughs> Inflation. Go ahead, James. <laughs> oh, man, it's been a great time for college radio and, and community radio and AM radio uh, being the, the bedrock of New England before commercial FM came in on the urban side. So uh, folks are still out there doing it. TCC, we're still out playing it, carving out our niches. Playing, playing music that uh, other stations don't play just because they got tired of playlists. We, we can play what we all our jocks and play what we want to, and we play our personality. So people can check me out on Tuesdays on Reflection 6-8 with the Grown Folks Mix Show. 
from jazz, hip hop, blues, the reggae. It's all in there. All right. And um Ron Ice, wanna um, wrap up? Yeah, um for for me, like for me, um what what I've been doing is um I've been you know me, I'm always looking at that younger generation, the new trend that that are coming along. So I'm always moving around, going to different, different venues and different, different places, DJing, trying to keep myself young, man. <laughs> that's what's up. And, and that's what's working for me right now. Um, taking it easy, you know, because I'm getting close to the golden years and, uh, you know, doing what I can uh, to survive in, in this industry of hip hop, man. Um, again, it's strange to see younger people coming up to me still looking for um, for some input and some Guidance. advice. And it's like, you know, you you the light you you get that strange expression on your face going like, huh. you know, who sent you to me? That was one of my first questions. Who sent you to me? And you know, once I get the name, and I was like, okay, um, I'll take you under my wings and um and, and get you uh trained up. So I'm still out here doing my thing. Um, I tend to play the role of unsung heroes. I don't like to be in the spotlight too much, but. You'll know I'm there in the trenches if you need. Just like you said earlier, all you gotta do is call. I'll pick up. And uh, right. it's good. It's good hearing from everybody on the panel, man. Like I said, one of these days we gotta get together. You know, and, you know, drink water. I can't say drink beer because we're up there. <laughs> all <laughs> right, <laughs> definitely. You were watching one hundred three point five FM WNHHLP, and this is the Urban Talk Radio. Five sixes in the mix, I'm hitting them with trips. Hey, cry, time to get the bread fly. Four five sixes in the mix, I'm hitting them with trips. Hey, cry, time to get the bread. I'm over every single corner that I know inside the city. Kitties, I got a fat man in my pocket looking pretty. So who wanna get paid on the block? A thousand's in the pot. Now go and grab your knots from the staff spot. I shake them up and shake them up, rolling. I break them up. Two places in a pound cake. Yeah, wake them up. Keeping my fingers wrapped around a joint. Because I see them falling to the strong point One by one they losing down the line A 50 roller duck bowl Oh, pay me mine I grab the dice, place your price All your men are mice Riffing as I'm sipping on a Heineken and getting nice I shake them up, they pay to getting better Sitting on a Beretta said he want a bet that I don't fall a better Now the game is surrounded by some money, homie I put the kisses on my fist and roll the triple sixes And once again it be the point that I shoot They be putting crazy loot in the pocket of my army suit Now who wanted to throw another round? I wrote the four or six, hold up, now I see them bound Yeah, you know what the name of the game is I mean, yo, T-O, you know that that made it famous Hookers up on the I can't go wrong Blowing for two hours long, we're still rolling strong Four, five, six is in the mix I'm hitting them with trips. Hang tight, time to get the bread blind. So five, six is in the mix. I'm hitting them with the trip. Betting ranch with the steel champs. I'll make them sweat from beginners to the vets. I'm a threat. To double up on these 50 bets. I gotta be nice to the dice, so I'm talking to them. I step back, gave a tap on the side, talking to them. When they put his foot in the waist seat, they try to ace me. Now I got rolling to that Tracy. Yeah, but Tracy ain't too gentle. So she was simple and loses with two deuces and I'm simple. I crack enough and boost it back and watch what do. Who threw that to you? I'm open the whole group. One by one, companion that fell to the train. From over inside the bank, that's what I'm saying. Your luck is tough, I'm making enough to buy a kilo. Uh oh, look how 
below, I think I wrote another CeeLo Pick up my crap, don't get back a dime of that And keep my hand right by my waist, where my nine is at Romo trips and quick, that's on zero Broke, crying, broke, I'm doing backstrokes and C-notes Crazy pockets are empty, what a goddamn shame You know the name of the game, word the f*** up Plus five switches in the mix, I'm hitting them with trips Hey, crack, time to get the bread flow. Five sixes in the 